Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Oh yeah, today we're going to have a blast. No guests today. It's just me and you. Me and you. What we going to do? We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the evolution of man, of, of species. And you're like, why are we talking about that? Oh, you're going to find out why that's important in terms of having compassion and understanding about <clears throat> what we're experiencing and feeling right now, whether it's sadness, despair, pain, all that stuff. We're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about the evolution of man because it didn't start with the Cro-Magnon. Any evolutionary chart you see, it always starts off with uh, the ape, but <laughs> nobody talks about what we were before the ape. We're going to get a little bit into that. And we're going to talk about why humans are chia pets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about connection. How to, because when we talk about addiction, we know that the antidote to addiction is connection. And we're going to talk about what that means a little bit. And uh, we're going to get a little bit into, what else do I want to talk about? Netflix versus chill. I might, I might get into that. Um, and then the loop of depression. We'll talk a little bit about that and then also the the main crux to this we're going to talk about machine gun kelly also um and nice versus honest versus bad oh yeah we got a lot to talk about but primarily we're going to discuss um people who over talk yeah because there's nothing that makes me want to end my life more than someone when i'm talking to someone and they just blah 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 and I, I feel like a lot of us <laughs> have been at those dinner parties where blah, 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 blah. And you're like, please, oh, my God, this, uh, where's the cliff? This is not fun at all. Uh, so we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk, going to cover a lot of things. Um, and so let's get into the first thing. First of all, how are you? Let's all take a big exhale. Right now it's uh, two, Monday. And Michelle and I are going to fly up to Seattle to visit her parents. Her parents are up there. And then we're also going to go to Vancouver to get some uh, medical work done. Where, you know, I, as I've shared, I have asthma, which we believe is exercise-induced asthma. It may be COVID-related, not sure. But we're going to get some, uh, we're going to get some scans and some brain um tests done to make sure my brain is working because I've also shared that I played college football so I have some uh, I might have some inflammation in the brain some CTE uh, up there and they gave me a bunch of brain tests that I took in the one test that I had to keep doing over and over and when I say over and over I mean I, I may have taken it five or six times because they're like how are you not getting this and it was a test to measure for uh, being able to task switch. So I've always been a person who, when I'm doing a thing, I just want to do that one thing. And I do not like to be disrupted or, uh, you know, I don't like to be doing five things at once. I want to do this one thing and focus on the one thing. And Michelle, on the other hand, can do five things. Like you, I, I watch her juggle Five, every now and again, she does drop something. So <laughs> maybe she, even though she can, maybe she shouldn't. But um, 
so I, I'm curious to see what other uh, things we can discover and, and maybe figure out how we can get me off all of these. Um, I say all I'm taking two different prescription meds for my asthma. So that's the hope that, that we can get Leo flowers off of all medication related to my asthma. Um, but I hope that you're healthy and well, because that if you're being, if you're able to inhale in the belly and then exhale, man, what? I mean, it's, that's where it starts. That's where the mindfulness starts. I had a friend I was talking to today and uh, she ate way too much, according to her, at lunch. And she was just like, I wish I could have been more mindful when I ate. And it is. It's about connecting to breath and stepping back for a second. Just taking a quick pause from what we're doing. Just, just cutting everything off for a second. You know, I, I was talking to a friend about meditation. And that word meditation just feels so loaded for a lot of people like it, it it requires such an overwhelming sense of responsibility and engagement and it's it's there's something intimidating about the word meditation and so I, you know if it helps you to say just sit with yourself just or to say just cut everything off for a second and just hang out with yourself just cut off the tv the news, cut off the lights, just cut everything off. Make sure everything is, is tranquilo. And then sit with yourself for a couple exhales and see, and just kind of see where you are. Get in touch with your body a little bit, you know. Um, and, and that might be an easier way for you to slip into meditation indirectly. And you don't even have to call it meditation. You could just call it, hey, let me just go hang out with myself, <laughs> Everybody wants to hang out. That's all meditation is, is just you hanging out with you. No distractions. You know, uh, some people do like a movement, a moving meditation where they're exercising. Yoga is a movement. Meditation. Swimming can be a movement. You know, walking, hiking, all these different ways of, of just kind of being with yourself. You know, no AirPods, nothing in your ears. You're not looking at a screen. Just hang out. Just hang out with you. See, see, be like, hey, you, how you doing? How, how you doing? And I think that's also the, the benefit and beauty of starting our day off with a prayer. You know, you got to pray just to make it today. Who is that? MC Hammer. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about the evolution, the evolution of man. I'm fascinated by anthropology right now. So right now I'm reading this book called Genome and another book on um, how we started off as fish or something like that. And it's fascinating. When you look at it, there's a YouTube video when uh, it's like a three-minute YouTube video. And I, I actually posted in the, in the show notes about the evolution of man. And it has us starting off from when we were bacteria, when we were a microorganism. It, it, you know, and if you believe in this kind of thing, right, there was the Big Bang and then the Earth was this rock floating around. And then water started to develop. And in that water, uh, some bacteria, microorganisms start floating around. And that, and that was us. We were microorganisms. For the 87% of the time that human beings have been on this earth, we were microorganisms. 
Think about that for a second. Eight, that means only in the last 13% of the, the time that we've been on earth have we been anything close to what we look like today, right? So we've been on this planet, uh, I, I think we started like 3.5 million years ago. 3.5 million. So think about who you are. Look at, look at yourself right now in the mirror. Look at your fingers and your hands and your eyes. It took 3.5 million years for you to take your index finger and touch your nose, for you to be able to blink and chew and walk and talk and squat and poop and hug and laugh. That's three. That is 3.5 million years of evolution. Do you understand that? Does that, I know that sounds hard to understand. It sounds hard. It seems hard. But we were, we were bacteria. We were small. We were actually small and bad. We were microorganisms, bacteria floating around in water. And then over time, we became like these this type of salamandery fish. And then the fish learned how to walk on land. And then we were like lizard type people. You know, we were uh, amphibians, we were reptiles, right? And then we became mammals. Now we're like climbing trees and we're like marsupials. And then, then you know, kind of like the ape shape takes and comes into place and the Cro-Magnon and Homo sapiens and now humans. It took 3.5 million years. And I say that because we beat ourselves up so much for what we've done. And we expect so much out of us. We're still walking around with our reptilian brain. And our mammalian brain. We just recently got the the neocortex, which is the thinking part of our brain. Right? It's it's easy to think that mankind from the beginning of time has just been walking around these very highly intellectual beings and we're building on that. No. We spent most of our lives uh with with the a reptilian brain. Well, actually, with you know, with no brain, basically, we were just cells floating around, bumping into each other, and then we got a reptilian brain, which is just our fight, flight, fear response, right? And then we get the mammalian brain, which now brings in emotions. We're able to laugh and cry and bond, and now we just we just got a brain where we can think where we can be objective, where we can recognize um, the now versus the present and then think about the future and and have abstract type of thoughts. We're, We're just now in that realm. So whatever you're uh, beating yourself up about, take a step back, exhale. You just got this brain. 
we still don't understand how our brains work. When you go to a doctor, right, there's a, there's a snore doctor out there. There are feet doctors. This is how complex the body is. There's not a doctor for all of you. Yes, you have your general practitioners who, like, they, they put a stethoscope up to your chest to hear your heartbeat and tap your knees and ask you to cough, right? You have those doctors, and they give you a cold or flu pill. But but when when crap hits the fan, now we have to go to a specialist, a special somebody who specializes in a, with, with the heart. And then you have different heart doctors. It's not just one. There's a heart surgeon and then a, a cardiac thoracic and a, a cardio. I mean, you can get you can get into the into the weeds with the different type of just heart doctors. And then you have your, your brain, your neurosurgeons, and you have your feet doctors and your legs. And then you have your internal medicine doctors. They just focus on the internal medicine of you, whatever that is. You have a eye doctor. And I, I so hey, take it easy. And that and this is by no means saying you're off the hook for what you've done um, or what you felt like you've done or, or what you're doing right now. But this is to offer context, right, and understanding of how our brains and our bodies work so that we can be more strategic and specific in how we are strategizing to improve our mental health and our social health and our financial health and 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 also to understand why we are making some of the decisions we're making and why we have some of the behaviors that we have and the emotions you know some you know some of us are walking around with irrational fears and like why do I why do I have this fear about it, it some of it's hardwired you you brought some of this with you from millions of years ago, right? And I have friends who are like, you know, okay, if you if you believe in um in in you know God made Adam and Eve, fantastic, fantastic. But I do know when I put a glass of water on my counter, and if I leave it there for a few days, I see bacteria, and if I leave it there for a few months, all of a sudden stuff starts swirling around and moving. And then it just grows and grows. And, and so that's how human beings started, which is water. All we required was water and heat, a little pressure and time, right? So if you put a glass of water out, you over, and you come back 3.5 million years from now, there's going to be a human being there. No, no glass. We're the original Chia Pets, people, is what I'm trying to tell you, okay? So... Understand our history, understand what we're made of truly so that we can step back and be like, okay, we're just bacteria looking at each other. We're just, remember, we're a species just trying to figure this out. We're all doing our best. Your parents, they did their best. And I know you're like, they could have done better. They have their own story also. And their parents' parents have a story, right? So, and, and, and also, 
as a species, we're not done evolving. We're not done yet. This is just where we are. They're, they were also talking about us going to Mars. And in Mars, because there is less gravity, human beings, any human being that is born and raised on Mars will be taller. So right now, we've over the past, I think, few hundreds of years, um, have increased our height. You know, back in the day, the average height of a person was, of a man was 5'7", and now the average height of a male is 5'10". And on Mars, because of the less gravitational pull, people will be taller. So the average male on Mars would then probably be 6'2", 6'3". So we're not done evolving. And then as new technology becomes embedded, we're walking around with Google Glass and Elon Musk wants to put a chip in our brain. we, We have a ways to go. So please be compassionate with yourself today. <laughs> the time is now. I love you. I, I, I sing instead of most podcasts have music that they play when they're trying to transition from one topic to the next. I just go, the time. I, why can't I? I, I'm, I, can, I can do the transitions. All right. So next thing I want to talk about is uh, Netflix and chill. Uh, there's no such thing as Netflix and chill. It's not chill to watch Netflix. Um, the shows are, well, some shows, the baking show, the great bake off, things like that. But I also ha- have an understanding of what this Netflix and chill is about, right? It would be more chill and correct me if I'm wrong, if instead of Netflixing and chilling, we got a massage at that time, right? Got a massage. Or if we were just sitting around a little backyard barbecue, had some friends over, put some vittles on the grill, and chill with friends. The, the, the idea that TV is a, is a place where we can really chill and let go It's true for a good 20 minutes or maybe even 90 minutes if we've had a very, very long day. But even in that situation, I would argue that we would probably find it more relaxing to take a a hot bath than to watch uh, a series on Netflix, which, you know, a lot of these shows now is who killed who and... um, these crime shows it's take a hot bath and chill get a massage and chill Uh, prepare your meals for the next day and and chill foam roll i have a foam roller i love my foam roller go for a walk with a significant other and chill go people watch somewhere you know hang out at a uh in a hotel lobby journal and chill read and chill so many other ways to to just chill and just settle down. That's what I want to do. And here's how you know if what you're doing is chill. Look at what your internal, your emotional experience is after you've done it. 
if you feel really chill and, and when you go to bed, you fall straight asleep, then by all means, that's perfect. That's great. Stick with it. But if it's, if you find yourself, your mind is still racing and it takes a while for you to fall asleep at night, then you might want to find another way to chill before bed, right? And even if it's a date thing, experiences are more chill than uh, you know, watching television for the most part. I, I, <laughs> I used to, um, I remember as a kid, I had to do the laundry and, or, and, you know, go to a laundromat. And there was something relaxing about uh, doing laundry, you know, because it allowed me time to write and read and get out the house and taking some fresh air. The thought of doing laundry I thought was horrible, but the actual doing of it, there was something uh, soothing about it. So a lot of times when our inclination is to lay on a couch and do nothing or watch TV, it's actually the opposite of what would really be nurturing, soothing, and, um, and replenishing for our mind, body, and spirit. So just, just a little nugget right there. Not shaming, like I said, because I, I definitely Netflix and chill, but also am aware that sometimes after I do that, that I was like, ah, you know what, I've been, I would have been better off stretching or taking a hot bath or just even calling friends. Uh, or, you know, like I said, call an enemy. I mean, who's going to get you more uh, c- feeling connected than calling someone that uh, is an enemy? Two more things I want to cover. Loop of depression. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about the new suicide hotline number, uh, 988. 988. I, for the, if you're in America, if you're in the States, that's the new number. I know I have uh, tons of international listeners. So, but so if you're in the states, it is nine eight eight, and I've seen that the the um, there's been a forty five percent increase in the people who are reaching out to the suicide hotline. So that's evidence of the the fact that when we make access to healthcare easier, more people show up. When it's free, I mean, who knew that reducing something from seven numbers to four numbers or, or to three numbers would make the difference, right? We were just four numbers away from more people accessing and wanting to get help. And, and because when we're in, you know, in that crisis mode, so, sometimes four more numbers just feels like too much. And so 988, 988. And I know a lot of us, we struggle with, help, finding help, connecting, and we don't know how to ask for it. So if you're in another place in the world and you're like, how do I connect? How do I reach out? Here's the question. Here's how you ask for help. And here's how I do it. I send a text message to friends. I say, here's my situation. Here's my challenge, right? And then I say, what would you do if you were me? Right. Here's my challenge. Um, rent is due. I'm, I'm three or like I'm three months behind on rent. I have this much in my bank account, um, and I have these other bills. My I don't get a check until such and such. I'm going through a divorce. Um, 
birthday, my car is being re whatever your challenges are, what would you do if you were me? And this, by the way, requires you to be completely honest about what your situation is. If you've reached out for help and you find that the, the help has been ineffective, part of that might be you're not disclosing the full story. You're not being 100% vulnerable. You're not sharing all of the challenges that, uh, that you are experiencing so that that person can then give you a, a more comprehensive response. And I know you're like, well, I don't want to overburden anybody with, listen, part of cycles, right? Everything exists on a cycle. In order for you to get help, you have to ask for help. That's part of the cycle. Give, take. Uh, I'm asking you for help. You give me help. And then at some point, that person is going to ask you for help and you'll be able to give them help. But you, ha we have to be honest, open, and vulnerable. We have to be willing to, to air out all of our dirty laundry so that we can get the help we need. If I only give you a piece of the puzzle, then I, I, I can't see the full picture. I, I can't give you, I can only give you a piece of the answer. And I don't know if you want a piece of the answer. I don't know anybody who wants I think people... I'd be frustrated if I was in a classroom and a teacher only gave me half the answer or half the puzzle. I mean, that sounds like algebra. Who wants to do algebra? I, I, I had to take algebra twice solving for X. No, give me the, all the information, right? We're not, we're not police investigators. Give me all the information. Tell me everything I need to know. And then the sooner we can do that, the sooner people can, can help us and, and let us know what resources are available to us, what options that we have available to us. And I know a lot of times where we're in, a, in, that, in that dark pit and it throws a despair, when it feels like we're drowning, when it feels like we can't take another breath, like there are no options, but you'd be surprised. Even though know, people who talk about sometimes when we're in that throes of despair and that loop of depression and sadness and anger and and it feels like we can't breathe and uh, we're trying to swim up to the top and, and gasp. There, there was a movie called The Abyss. And I remember this guy, it was a scene where the guy is drowning. And he's like, oh, my God, I won't be able to get back to the top to get air. And then there was this huge pocket under underwater of air where he could just, like, walk around and, and check it out. And, and he could see, like, the fish swimming around him. It was almost like he was in a fishbowl underwater. Right. And he didn't know that that was there. But there are there are options. There is something there that you're not aware of. And you can't be aware of unless you reach out. I was reading about Machine Gun Kelly, um, artist. I think he's married now to one of the Kardashians and his dad passed away and he didn't get the closure that he wanted with his dad. And so he goes to his dad's house to clean up all the stuff and, and, and pack things away and give things away and decide what he wants to keep and all that. And, and he, and then the neighbor starts talking to him and starts telling him stuff that, that upsets him even more. And so he locks himself in the, in the room in his dad's place. And, and he's now, he's just spiraling out of control with grief and paranoia. 
and he calls his girlfriend. He's like, you're not here for me. And, and, and he, and he grabs the gun and, uh, and, and I think he actually pulls the trigger, but it jams. And I'm saying that to say that, yeah, he called, but he locked himself in his room. Notice what behaviors you have right now. Are you locking yourself in your room? Are you isolating? Are you withdrawing? Because you feel like you have no options. You feel like there's no one for you to connect with or bond with. It help requires us being vulnerable, putting ourselves out there a little bit. There's a story about Lil Wayne I read today. Lil Wayne, rapper, right? Global, just like Machine Gun Kelly, you know, selling out places. These guys are millionaires. But when Lil Wayne was 12 years old, he uh, uh, attempted suicide. Him also with a gun, pulled the trigger, um, and blood everywhere. He, He did damage. Cops were called. The cops and the emergency medical team ruled him as dead and not worth saving. This off-duty detective who, uh, who heard the call uh, on his radio came into the house, picks up 12-year-old little Wayne, drives him himself in his car, not in a police vehicle, in his car to the hospital, and then sits and waits um, until Little Wayne makes it out of uh, the hospital. Okay. There are people who are waiting to help you, to assist you, to be there for you, to lend a hand that you don't even know, that you have not even met yet. You don't know them. They don't know you, but they, they recognize because, remember, we're all connected. We're all bacteria just trying to figure this all out. We're all just microorganisms with eyes and a spine and and fingers and legs. But we're all connected. And when we see another one of our species, this is why we watch movies, right? I watch a movie. I don't know these actors. I haven't hung out with them. But I I know if I see um, a, a, a sad scene or uh, a happy scene, I feel those emotions. We are all connected in it. I know it can feel like we aren't. And I know that you've had people in your life who have betrayed you, disappointed you, let you down, who have upset you, who have sabotaged you. We're all bacteria just floating around trying to figure this out. It took 3.5 million years for us to all get here and it doesn't let them off the hook. It does not let them off the hook, but it doesn't let you off the hook either for taking responsibility for where you are right now. You can open that door, step out the room, into the light, and say, this is too much for me to bear alone. I need help. And I know you've done that before, and and, and the person that who was supposed to help you may have hurt you. There are six billion people on the planet we can find someone else to reach out to when we isolate and we separate and we withdraw then our world starts to get smaller our options become less open the door
pick up the phone. 988 or any of the other other international numbers in there, right? You deserve to be forgiven. You deserve an opportunity to share your story and to connect and to feel freedom and joy and and happiness or at least some level of equanimity. Last thing uh, I want to share, pop, pop, pop. People who talk too much. <laughs> I I was at a dinner party and somebody was talking. So I was like, oh my God, you know what? I understand the gun to the head now. This, listen, we've all been in those situations where somebody is talking too much. And a lot of times that's what stops us. That's that's why we we stay in our room and close the door and, and lock it behind us and isolate and withdraw. It's like I, I, we feel flooded, attacked. I, I feel like sometimes you ever talk to somebody like, do I need to be here? Because I feel like you would just be having this monologue by yourself. Like you have an audience in your head that you are um, you're talking to. So why do I need to be here? Uh uh-uh. But we do need to be there because uh, we don't want to isolate and we're here for the people. Now, I can't. I just, oh, here it is. I was like, where are my, my um, notes? The, um, so when we are in a situation where somebody's talking too much, right? And some of you might be like, Leo, you're talking too much. <laughs> um, there's a few things. One is, in these social situations, don't be trying to talk to everybody. Talk to one to two people. And... I know for myself as an introvert, I get flooded in social situations because I'm trying to talk. I feel like I have to talk to everybody. I feel like I have this overwhelming responsibility that I have to talk to everybody. And that's too much of my nervous system, right? Remember, I'm part mammalian and, and reptile. So that's probably not the, the best thing for me to do. Um, I can only notice one person's eye color at a time. So when you're in a social situation, Pick one to two people and and hang out with them for a while. And at some point, you'll know when the conversation's dying down and uh, you need to, uh, you know, move on and talk to somebody else. And if you don't know, if you're not aware, then talk to them until they walk away just to see what it feels like. If, if you're a person, and I'm imagining some of you are, if you're a person who ends a conversation because you don't want to feel the pain of someone walking away from you, it feels like they're abandoning you or rejecting you or they don't want to talk to you or it brings up insecurities for you, then practice, notice the word, practice talking to someone until they walk away. Just to see what your threshold is. You know, I set, set your little timer. Take your little stopwatch and say, how long when I'm talking to somebody before I find myself bored or <laughs> wanting to step away myself? And then, you know, but also to notice how long before it appears somebody else is bored with me, right? So if you find that, you know, it takes 30 minutes for someone to be bored with you or, you know, I don't want to say bored with you, but 
where they're ready to move on and talk to somebody else, then, you know, you can cut it off at 25 or 20. And I'm talking about time because I love time and I think about things in terms of time. And, and so for you, time might not be that thing. But my, my point is, is spend some time practicing doing the opposite of what you typically do in social situations so that you can get an idea of where your, your middle is, right? Because if we spend a little time, if we, spend, if we do the same thing over and over, then we don't know what the other side feels like, and then we don't know what our middle ground is. So sometimes we have to overshoot, overcompensate, overtalk, over whatever to see what our middle is, okay? So in social situations, talk to one person instead of trying to talk to everybody. The other thing with conversation, because a, a lot of times it can feel like somebody is talking too much or we're overwhelmed with the conversation because the themes of the conversation keep jumping around. So what I, when I'm talking to someone and we're talking about, say, sports, and then all of a sudden it jumps into uh, the real estate market and then raising kids or, or cooking, when I feel the conversation dying down or my, my, my interest winning, I bring it back to sports and then, but starting a, a different thread from sports. So, uh, if we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks, then I might bring the thread back to, you know, Super Bowls. Uh, and if we get off the thread of Super Bowls then I might come back and start talking about, um, my sports injuries. So trying to stay on theme as much as possible that can, help us from feeling flooded in a conversation because I, I know, especially like if it's like a few people and the, and it's the, the, the topics are just pinging and going all over the place, I, it can feel overwhelming. So I, I make note of what the initial topic was and then use that as my anchor for the, the rest of the, the conversation. So I know what to come back to versus like, so that, it, and because what I especially, um, uh, what, what especially makes me feel disconnected is shallow conversation, right? So, um, and shallow conversation is when you're just talking about a bunch of different things, but not really getting deep into it and not getting a clear understanding. I was at a dinner once and uh, with, I was on a cruise ship and I was sitting at dinner with two other performers and they thought that they were having a deep conversation because they were talking about heavy things. They were talking about relationships and, um, and, uh, and hurt and uh, grieving and, and all these you know, topics that you go, oh, okay, that's, that's deep conversation. But they were talking about it in such a shallow way because all they were doing was one person was sharing their experience, another person was sharing theirs, and they were pinging back and forth of telling their story. It was almost like they were, they were in competition with storytelling. And at no point did we do a deep dive in, in, into any of those stories. I had a million questions about all the things that they were bringing up, but they were just ping, 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 ping. And so... Be mindful of that if you feel overwhelmed 
by a conversation that's pinging say, hey, you know what? I, I really want to know more about, can you tell me more about X, Y, and Z? Can we do a deeper dive on that? Uh, that is just so interesting to me. Um, and, and then, and be, and don't be afraid to stop things because sometimes other people will try to interrupt it with their, like, hold on, can we let her finish her story, please? Because I'm really fascinated and curious about X, Y, and Z. And I actually have to do that. The, the, this person was telling, going deeply into their story. Another person was trying to interrupt with their, and I go, hold on. I I really want to hear what this person has to say about X, Y, and Z. And then it kind of sets the tone and you realize people kind of calm down and start really listening instead of waiting to share, right? So stay on theme and then, uh, you know, don't be afraid, be be assertive in asking for a deeper dive into conversation. And if you get to a point in a conversation where uh, the person's talking, you're like, I don't need to be here, um, or you're just tired of the conversation just you know hey i gotta go use the bathroom or uh, i'm gonna go grab a drink can i grab you something you know just something where you you cut out i'm gonna i'm gonna walk around i have never been here before especially if you had a house party or or uh you know a a venue you've never been to say i'm gonna go look around a little bit i want to check this out Uh, you know whatever that is or i need to stretch my legs a bit um you just excuse yourself and, and don't wait for permission. Just say, Hey, this is what I need. Here's what I need. I need to use the bathroom. I need to grab a drink. I need to circulate and walk around a little bit. Um, I, I need to talk to other people, whatever it is and, and do that. And then the beauty is you can always circle back to that person. And that's what I really love to do is spend, uh, you know, time with, uh, you know, if you're at a social uh, gathering, talking to a few people, and then start introducing those people to each other. Hey, hey, Bill, have you met Mary? Mary, have you met Rebecca? Rebecca, have you met blah, blah, blah? And now you can, the beauty of that is then you can sit back, watch them interact, and then you're kind of the conductor of it all. So in the beginning, sometimes in these social situations, we have to be assertive and engaging with people and and learning about them and then if we're there long enough we become the connector we become the conduit for people to meet and greet and shake hands and um and get to know each other on a deeper level and then it, it creates this vibe around you now you can kick back and kick your feet up and uh and decide whose story that you want to uh dig deeper into and the last part of dealing with people who talk too much, uh, we can just be direct, as I, as I shared earlier, and say, wow, I, um, it feels like I don't need to be here. Uh, or just say, can we discuss something else? Because sometimes people who talk too much just talk about the same thing forever. And you can just say, let's talk about something else. Let's discuss something else. And if they go, no, I want to talk about this. Like, okay, well, I, I need a, I need a, a break then, and uh, you know, and then just turn and walk away. But uh, or say I need to. I that word need. Uh, I find that because so many of us are afraid of appearing needy, has gotten such a bad rap that now we don't use the word need at all. It's like, can you 
I want to uh, do this, but none of us go, hey, I need, I need a hand. That word need, it gets such a bad rap. It's such a great word. It's such a beautiful and empowering word because when you express your needs, you're speaking up for yourself. You're advocating for yourself. Right? You are parenting the nine-year-old version of yourself. That is a loving thing for you to stand up and say, here is what I need. I thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you got what you needed from this episode. I know that I did. This is so uh, empowering and, and, and nourishing for me to take this time with you. Michelle and I are about to hop on a plane to Seattle, so I got to get my workout in um, so my back doesn't hurt. I got always got to work out before I get on a plane. I don't want my back hurting. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALKS or any of the other international phone numbers that are listed, whether you're in Cambodia or Sri Lanka or Brazil or Kenya, wherever you are in the world. If you're in Hawaii or Toronto, wherever you are, you know, I got, I'm sure I got some people up there in the North Pole and the Arctic, whether it's cold or hot or rainy, wherever you are in the world, uh, you, maybe you're on a space shuttle. There are phone numbers. Okay. There are no international, there's no space shuttle phone numbers, but, uh, but soon there will be, as soon as we get on Mars, there's going to be a, <laughs> we're going to have intergalactic phone numbers for you. It'd be nine, eight, 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 eight. Um, I'm all right. I'm getting loopy and ridiculous. I'll talk to you soon. You can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Peace.